He said, no, no, it wasn't that at all. He said, you didn't preach but an hour. So they're expecting two and a half to three hours preaching every night. I said, well, we had a two and a half hour film for our priest. He said, that don't matter. They walk a long way to get here and they expect at least two and a half, three hours preaching. He said, now, if you can't do that, said, I can get another preacher to help you. I said, I can accommodate them. I'm just being merciful to them. And uh, so the next night I preached that long. Amen. Amen. And the next night, and the next night, and the next night. And they, the crowd just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, the president's right-hand man, his secretary came, sat right there in the yard. I mean, the crowd just got bigger and bigger and bigger. I told that in the church somewhere, and they said, somebody hollered, you ain't in Papua New Guinea. <laughs> Some of you sweated breaking out on your face. Amen. <laughs> Oh, God's good, isn't he? Amen. Back in the back, there's some newsletters back there, and I want you to stop and get one. If there's not enough, I got some more in the card. Uh, some schedules there, and let you know a little about our ministry and what we're doing. I uh, appreciate Landrum Independence, supported us for years, and so is New Freedom, and uh, some individuals and others that have helped us be able to go do what we do around the world evangelism and gospelizing and preaching and trying to be a blessing to get the gospel of Jesus out around the world. And I'm thankful for that. And I appreciate these three churches coming not only Sunday night, but tonight as well on this Wednesday evening. And this is a treat for me uh, to be this close to home, sleep in my own bed. Amen. My wife's back here. She got to come hear me preach. And I'll tell you, sometimes you Go and go and go. It's good to have a fresh breath and be able to come back home. Amen. God willing, not this coming week, but the following week, I'll be at the Macedonia Baptist Church in Saluda, North Carolina, where Brother Justin White is the pastor. I'll be there Sunday morning through Friday night. It's not a real far uh, ride. It is the other direction from here, but uh, I do pray for that meeting. The schedule's out there as well. Get you one of those and... Uh, remembers in prayer. But Brother David, thank you for having us over, and I appreciate you. Appreciate Brother Shane this Bible college. Amen. Say, you had a real flood there, huh, this week? Yeah, I got, watched, they got that thing cleaned up. You boys have done dirtied it up, and the floor flooded, and all that from what I hear, but God bless you, brother, and I appreciate you gathering these boys up every Monday night, and you ladies of Landrum Independent, thank you for feeding these guys. I went to Bible college. I don't think I even got a graham cracker, much less what y'all give. Man, I stopped at Hardy's many a night after Bible college and got one of them heartburn hot dogs. That's about all I could afford. And these boys are gaining some weight. Amen. You're making big preachers out of them. And I appreciate y'all's love and what you invest in them and what you put in them. I don't take it for granted. And I appreciate what you do there. That's not for granted. Amen. Let's stand tonight. We'll reverence God's Word together. I'll ask you to turn to 1 Chronicles chapter number 4. Not 1 Corinthians, 1 Chronicles chapter number 4 uh, there in the Old Testament. Who's a good reader? Anybody proficient reader? 
All right, then maybe I won't be judged too bad. Look at verse number 1, chapter number 4. The sons of Judah, Perez, Hezron, Carmi, and Hur, and Shabola, and mashed potatoes and green beans. Hopscotch and cornbread. <laughs> Go right on down through here. Take a Hebrew. You got a Hebrew scholar in here. Read all these names. I mean, just look at them. Verse 4. Bethuel, the father of Gedor. And Ezra, the father of Hershah. These are the sons of Hur, the firstborn of Ephrata, the father of Bethlehem. And Asher, the father of Tekoa, had two wives, Helan, Nerah. And Nerah bare him Haruzim, and Herber, and Timina, and Haresha Tarai. These were the sons of Nara. And the sons of Hela were Zareth, and Zorara, and Ethan, and Koza, Beget, and Nub, and Z. Beha and the families of Ahathiel and the son of Haram. Woo! Just a, that's a big bunch of names. That's all it said about them. That's it. Another face in the crowd. And if you jump on down here to verse number 12, Easton, beget. Bethra and Pasa and Tahama and the father of Ermahash, and these are the men of Rechab. Then the sons of Kenaz and Othniel and Sarah and the sons of Othniel and Hapha, and on and on it goes. Another face in the crowd. Another name, hard to pronounce. But back right up, if you will, please, in verse 9. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Got a bunch of faces in the crowd. Nothing, absolutely nothing is said about them. Then all of a sudden, here's Jabez. I want to preach on this thought. Are you going to be just another face in the crowd? Are you going to be just another face in the crowd? Their names mentioned one time, they lived, they died, that's it. Not much is said about them whatsoever. But then Jabez stands out. He rises to the top. God said, whoa, whoa, hang on a minute. I'm not just going to mention his name. There's some other things that I need to talk about in regard to Jabez. Lord, I pray you help us tonight in the Word of God. Fill us with the Holy Ghost. Give us the wisdom that we need. Lord, I pray you touch this congregation of people. Lord, I pray you minister to folk in a special and a powerful way. I ask you, dear God, that you'll bind the devil and the powers of hell and the forces of evil 
And may the sweet spirit of God minister to this congregation. Our eyes are on you and we ask you for your help now. I plead the blood of Jesus. Minister, we'll thank you for what you do. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Jabez is mentioned three times in the Word of God. He's mentioned twice here, and then later on it talks about in 1 Chronicles 2.55 that there was a city that was named after him. Now, I don't think that anybody's named a city after me. You have to be pretty important to have a city named after you. In other words, he affected his generation. He wasn't just another name that arose in the Chronicles. And Chronicle means to take down in detailed, minute degrees of exactly what happened. And when you read 1 Chronicles and 2 Chronicles, it's God's Chronicles and they're writing down people's lives. And some of these lives, they come in one word. And -and so-and-so beget so-and-so. And then he beget so-and-so. And that's it. That's all it's said about it. They made no mark. There was no spiritual history left behind. God had nothing to say about them, good or ill. They just sort of drifted in and drifted out and came, and they would be forgotten except for they were written down in the Chronicles. But Jabez, he wasn't just another face in the crowd. He stood out. George Whitfield's prayer used to be God. Make me an unusual Christian, not for unusual sake, but for the glory of our God. When we read about Jabez, we read about a very refreshing character. We read about a man that is living in the same generation that all these other fellows are. And he could have had the excuse, well, nothing much is going on with God. But no, he wasn't satisfied with others and how they lived in his generation. He had something in his heart that he wanted to ask the Lord to do for his life, his family, and in his generation. He was not satisfied to just come and go and disappear off the scene without God doing something in his life. And I want to ask you tonight, are you satisfied just coming and going to church, living and moving through here, making a living, and that's it? Are you satisfied with that? Or do you want God to make some sort of spiritual mark in your life? Now, you don't have to be an evangelist. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to even be a preacher. Praise God. Hand me that newsletter. You just be a Christian, and you love God. My old dad passed away just about a month and a half ago, and I did a special on him. Man, I mean, I said, I'm going to do a a full printout on him. As I stood in that funeral home line and folk come by from several states and others sent word, you know, they shook my hand, hugged my neck, and they said, you know, I worked with him on construction job. Said I was rough as a cob. Said he took me under his wing. He told me about the Lord. He said, now he'd tell you what he thought. There wasn't no doubt about that. And we knew if we didn't do right, we'd have to answer for it. No, but buddy, he affected my life. God used him to change my life. Then others came by. Yeah, he taught my Sunday school class. Yeah, this, that, and the other. 
You never heard that about him, you know. He's my dad. He come up, prayed for me, and loved me, and backed me in the ministry, and all that. But I heard a lot of things about him during that time that I didn't know, and a lot of other people didn't know. But it just started coming out of the woodwork. And you know what he did? When God saved him by His grace and changed his life, he wasn't satisfied with just being a normal church man. He wanted to affect somebody else's life and became a witness of the gospel of the grace of Almighty God. Now you can come and go and just dissipate and be gone or you can say, God, will you do something for my life? Help me to affect somebody along the way and be of some value to you for the glory of God. Now I want to notice several things about Jabez. Look at his person. The Bible says there in verse 9, and Jabez, and Jabez. I think about his title, Jabez. It means to grieve, to be sorrowful. And the Bible says that his mother named him that, either because she had real hard travail, or maybe Jabez's daddy died when uh, he was uh, before he was ever even born. Or they may have been in war. It was a difficult time. But there was a lot of sorrow and a lot of travail connected to his birth. In other words, mama paid the price. Young folk, that's why God said, honor your father and your mother. Well, they don't know what I'm going through. They're having your problem for years ever in pampers. They struggle to get you into this world. They walk down the desk door to get you here. Don't you sash your mama. Don't you back talk her. Don't you smart mouth her. You honor her when you're young and you honor her when you're old according to the word of God. Jabez's mama went through a lot of travail and sorrow to get him into this old world. You know the Bible tells us that Christ went through a lot of travail and sorrow to get us into the heavenly kingdom. He shall see the travail of his soul in anguish and travail upon the cross of Calvary. As he bled and died, he was doing that that we might be born into the family of God. Hallelujah. And then in turn, the church of the living God needs to do some travailing. Isaiah said, oh, this is an amazing thing. As soon as Zion travails, she brings forth sons and daughters. We just want to adopt them from another church. We don't want to birth them in their own family. Amen. Yeah, I don't want to go through the hardship of travail and agony and praying and going through all the problems that you have to go through in order to have spiritual children. Amen. And then a lot of churches want to adopt full-grown youngins because they don't want to change diapers. They don't want to get up in the midnight hour with a midnight cry. And they don't want to go through the problems that you have to go through when people are saved. I've known churches to run pastors off. Preacher, you haven't got too many people coming in here now. What they mean is there's too many of these folk getting saved. That ain't the kind of people we want in our church. What kind of people you want in your church? I want sinners saved by the grace of God. God said in Corinthians, such were some of you. And have you ever read that list of what they were? And then what God made out of them? I'm going to tell you what, you'd probably grab your pocketbook real tight if you knew the history of all this bunch sitting right here. 
You might reach over and squeeze your wife's hand. Hold on to her as you go out the door too. Amen. Such were, but God. But God, travail, anguish, going through the heartache, reaching out and getting them. Praise God, let's sow this country. Let's set fires to this land. Wake this area up down here. Hey, we're a sleeping people. Let's do some travail. Preacher, they won't like that. No, there'll be some suffering that'll go along with waking them up. Because they'd like to just sleep, and they'd like to sleep and snore the way right on to hell. And when you go to gouging and uh, pricking and uh, convicting and preaching and witnessing, oh, you're going to hit them sparks, and they're going to fly. But you know what? When Zion travails, she'll bring forth. When Zion gets to really pray, thank God for them that get an old-fashioned prayer band, a hold of a sinner's name, and they don't give up. In a revival meeting one time, we went seven weeks. After the second week, there's no boy down at the plant heard about it because there's some of them cussing us for doing what we're doing. And he said, well, God must be in that, so I'm going to come find out what's going on. And he did. He come up there and he found God is really moving and working. Well, his first prayer request was, Brother Andy, pray for my brother. He ain't saved. Says he ain't coming to church, but y'all pray, and we'd pray every night. We prayed every night, all the way through those seven weeks. And the same prayer request, pray for my brother. The last night of the meeting, he came in, his eye was swelled up, shut, and all that. I said, uh, Jerry, what happened to you? He said, oh, I asked my brother to come to church over there, and said he'd give me an uppercut, knock me out in the yard. And he said, that I squinched like that. He said, but you know, I just started crying, walked across the road to the house, and the phone got to ringing before uh, I could get in the house. And I reached and got the phone, and it was my brother, and he said, Brother, I'm sorry I hit you. I'll be there tonight. Glory to God, that night he came, big old burly feller. He fell in that altar and got saved by the grace of God. Woo! I talked to him on the phone today. Hallelujah. He telling me about uh, letting a lead a lady to God this past week. He told me back probably a year ago. He said, now, Brother Andy, not for nobody's sake except for mine, except from the day I got saved till now, he said, today, I got down by an old boy, had tattoos all over him. He had earrings in his nose and everywhere else. And I uh, said he got to weeping broken. He got saved. And he said that was number 989 that I've got to get down and pray with that I've seen saved since I got saved. I said, whoa, glory to God. But his brother went through some real travail to see him get saved by the grace of God. O.J. Harold Smith, he said that his sister came over to his house. He said, I was a medical doctor. I didn't even know God. I didn't even know Jesus. He said, she invited me to come to a church meeting that they were having. He said, I turned around to cuss her out and said tears started dripping down her cheeks. And he said, it was like a sledgehammer hit me. He said, I fell on my knees right there in the yard and got saved by the grace of God. Before the next week was out, he'd already started preaching, and he preached every day of his life, preached on thousands of radio stations. Ain't no telling how many thousands, hundreds of thousands of messages multiplied in radio stations and then his own ministry that he preached in his lifetime, and how many got saved by the grace of God. 
His mama travailed and old Jabez got in. Quit lightly bumping them. Go to travail. Seek God. Get down to earnest with the uh, Lord Jesus and ask God to do something for them. And when you travail, the Lord said, I'll honor that. I'll honor that. And so we see the transformation of him. The Bible tells us that Jabez is more honorable than his brethren. He just talked about one fellow that had two wives and had some sons and all that. And then it pops up and says, but Jabez was more honorable. He didn't cut across God's law and he didn't cut the corners. and He wasn't playing games like the rest of that bunch was. God made something real out of him. God made something righteous out of him. And the Lord made him an honorable man. A man of character. A man that was not flippant, a man that was not careless, a man that was not loose in his Christianity, a man that was noble and serious, a man that was in earnest and he served God with all of his heart. Now here you have all these names, bing, 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 bing. That's it. All of a sudden you got a man, God said, now he was more honorable than all of his brethren. There's something about him wasn't in the rest of that crowd. Well, preacher, you just think you're something. No, I know I'm nothing but an old hell-deserving uh, piece of dirt that God created. But when God does something in your heart, you won't be just another face in the crowd. The Lord will raise you up in this generation to be a light, a bright light in a dark, dark time. Hallelujah. Seems like a lot of folk, they want to just party and play. That's where our churches are going at in these days. I go to good, solid, Bible-preaching churches that love God. They just got a handful, just a remnant. Go by these big playhouses where they throwed out the piano and they got the drums and the guitars. They've chopped the pews up and had a big burning with that. And they got a dance hall in the middle of the floor. They got some joker in a flowery Hawaiian t-shirt sitting on a stool telling everybody to smile, Jesus loves you. They get up and make 40 minutes of announcement about every club now. And, and listen, I've had some of them call me in to preach. And while they did, I don't know. So I said, you have a problem preaching in liberal churches? I said, no. If they get right, they'll have me back. If they don't, they won't ever have me back. And if you see on my schedule where I'm preaching at one, you just say, pray for him. Pray for him. <laughs> I was invited to a union hall one time. I got there. My wife was with me. Man, uh, was, I don't know how they invited me, but they did. Man, they had the psychedelic. I thought I was in a rock concert. They had all kind of junk going on and everything. I told my wife, Lord, I said, no, I ain't going to do it. I'm going to preach this crowd. And they got me up there and I preached on hell. We had 17 saved by the grace of God. And one of them boys that got saved is a Baptist preacher pastor in a church to this day. But I never did go back. Amen. But you see, my friend, we would want to make a mark for the glory of God and be different than this bunch. A lot of folk just want to play. They want the clowns and they want all the games and the clubs and the societies. And oh, my soul, they can have it. They can have it. You know what I want? I want old-fashioned preaching. I want old-fashioned singing. I want old-fashioned praying. I want old-fashioned repenting. I want old-fashioned shouting. Old-fashioned amens. And living for God. 
And that'll still work in this generation. It'll still accomplish the purpose of God and do what God wants us to do. Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. That was God's commendation about him. Then the Bible says that Jabez in verse 10 called on the God of Israel. The person of Jabez, the prayer of Jabez. Jabez called, he prayed. He understood the privilege of prayer. Time of Seth, men began to call upon the name of the Lord. Jabez entered into that ministry of prayer and seeking God. I want to say, my friend, that prayer is a privilege for the people of God. And you know what distinguished this fellow? He got a hold of God. And when he got a hold of God, God got a hold of him. The word praise used 306 times in the Bible. That's a bunch of times. That's almost one for every day of the year. That's not even counting supplication and intercession and communion and all the other words that are attached to prayer. There's plenty of praying for every day of the year. Matter of fact, there's plenty of praying for every hour of the year. Pray without ceasing. There's plenty of praying for every breath of the year. In all things by prayer and in it ought to be as natural for you to pray as it is to breathe. You ever had your wife or your youngin say to you while you're driving around the road, what what? Oh, nothing. I'm sorry. I was just praying. You ever been working on the job and they come up behind you and say, Who are you talking to? Huh? Something comes up. You don't have to pray 40 hours of repent and pray. You're, you're in touch with God and you continually communing with the Lord. Riding that lawnmower, riding that tractor, running that chainsaw, driving them nails, running that piece of equipment, cooking them beans. Hallelujah, stirring them taters, riding a school bus, sitting in the deer stand. Amen. Pray with old Jabez was a man that called on God. He knew how to get a hold of God. Do you get a hold of God? I remember as a little boy going to Mount Olivet Baptist Church and they called on my grandpa, Rob Bain, to pray. Now, just a little old fella. Grandpa got over there in the aisle. He got on his knees. He called on God. It scared me to death. He had a big old booming voice. Literally as a kid, the hair stood up on the back of my head. And it just tore my nerves up. And I could tell that he wasn't talking to everybody in that building. He is calling on God. And that impressed me to know that there was a man that called on God And he believed God heard him and he saw God do and saw God answer those prayers. I want to say, my friend, that we're to pray with all prayer. This is Wednesday night. This is a praying crowd. Do you know what? I'm sent out of this New Freedom Baptist Church and when I'm out there on the road, sometimes I'm fighting hell by the acre. Sometimes I'm overseas. Sometimes it's in a neighborhood. But I can tell when Wednesday night comes. And there's been more than one Wednesday night. That meeting's just sort of been tight and locked down. I get up and the Holy Ghost starts rolling through there and hell's pushed back and heaven comes down and glory begins to move. And I'm just thinking, yep, I know what's going on at my home church tonight. Hallelujah. I see them gathered around that altar laying on their face. I know they're praying for I know they're supporting us in prayer. 
Years ago, I was in Bible college. I was laying on a creeper under a Volkswagen, working on Volkswagen five days a week. And I, I was laying there, man, I was wore out. I was discouraged. I'm just working away. All of a sudden, I had Holy Ghost goosebumps run from one end to the other. I rolled out my, that little noodle bug, and I said, Whoa! Glory to God! Hallelujah! And most boys looked at me like, What in the world's yeah. going on? I got in the car, was headed down to Bible college, and I said, Boy, I'll tell you what. About uh, 2.30 today, God just got all over me uh, laying on my creeper. Said God just re- he said, you know what? said, I got to pray in this evening. God plugged me in and said, he put you on my heart so heavy I couldn't stand it. And it's about that time. I said, it works. It works. It works. <laughs> yes, sir. Telling you, Jabez called on God and God done something about it. Learn to call on God. Man, this thing's coming unglued. It's, it's really hard on me. Pray, call on God. And notice the God he called on. He called on the God of Israel. What distinction does that name have? God of Israel. The God of Israel is the one that transformed Jacob from a trickster, a supplanter, a beguiler, a heel catcher, a lying, sorry rogue of a man. But God wouldn't let up on him. And he pinned him to the ground in a prayer meeting. And the Lord touched the hollow of his thigh. And God changed him from old Jacob to Israel. Jabez knew who to call on. He wasn't calling on a poor, pitiful God. Heard a radio preacher here a while back. Bless his old heart. He said, now God, now God, I want you to pour out all the conviction you can muster up on this radio audience. I thought, oh, Lord, don't do that. You'd blow this thing into oblivion. That prayer put in my mind a picture of God straining and grunt with everything in him just to just sort of flip a sinner on the back of the head a little bit. <laughs> he called on the God of Israel. You talking about a tough nut and a tough case. Old Jacob was a rough case. But God... Chased him, God called him, God broke him, God changed him, and the Lord named the whole nation after him to remind folk, I am the God of Israel. And that's who old Jabez called on. He knew who to call on. Hallelujah. And then look at the passion of his petition. Look what he prayed. Verse 10. Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. Oh, hey, some of you English folk, what is O in the English language? What part of speech is that? Huh? It'd be an interjection, wouldn't it? Ha! Hey! Oh! That's an exciting word. That's an interjection. That's a passionate word. And notice how he prayed. Lord, bless me. Oh, wouldst thou bless me? It was a passionate prayer. The Bible says in James that God honors that effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. <laughs> you ever heard this? I was preaching at Calvary in Jerusalem, Israel. I had the garden tomb at my back and the congregation in front of me. And man, I got wound up. I was preaching, I mean, letting her rip. 
and the Church of England has that piece of property there. It's called Gordon's Calvary. And I seen him out of the corner of my eye, and here he come waddling up through there, this black petticoat on, his coat collar turned around backwards, and he wallered up through there, and he folded his arms, and he waited when I finished. He said, shouted truth does not make it any more truth. Please be quiet. Old Jack Gassaway, he knew what was going on. He said, that's what's wrong with England now. They well, God is not deaf, neither are we. No, he's not deaf. But he honors the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Oh, that thou wouldest bless me. The then look at the particulars of the prayer. I see dependence. Oh, that thou, that thou. I'm looking to you. I know every good gift, every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, in whom is no variable, there's neither shadow of turning. And prayer is a dependence on God. If you're proud, if you're self-sufficient, you won't pray. But if you realize you need God, I can't even walk without Him holding my hand. Anything spiritual going to be accomplished, then you know that you'll need prayer. And when we get all self-sufficient, we'll quit praying. Amen. Dependence, then desire. First of all, He starts out with Himself. Look what He says. Oh, that Thou wouldst bless me indeed. He knew he needed some help before he could even pray God to help somebody else. It wasn't, Lord, help my brother. Boy, they're sorry a lot. They need some help. Lord, help me. You want a revival? Draw your circle. Get right in the middle of it and then start praying. God, revive everything right in the middle of this circle. Not my brother nor my sister, but it's me, O Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me. It's me, O Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And if we can see that first of all, then we can move on just a little bit further. Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. And then he talks about others. He said, enlarge my coast. The coast being the outreach. The coast being what he wanted to touch in his life. And evidently, God answered his prayer and blessed him. They named the city after him. He affected somebody, didn't he? I don't want to leave this life. Nobody ever know that I left. Amen. I tell you, there's a lot of folk down there at the funeral home. They just cremate them and shoot their ashes off somewhere on the moon or somewhere. I, nobody cares about them. Nobody comes to their funeral. They just absolutely are not missed. I want somebody to miss me when I'm gone. Lord, I don't want to just occupy a little area. I want you to enlarge my coast. All three of our churches' coasts can be enlarged. And there's plenty of room around here for them all to be enlarged. Man, I drive from here to Landrum. I get gashed about every night over there at the gas station. I think about Brother Shane, all the area you got to reach over there, good night. Think about New Freedom, all that bunch we got to reach over there and all them new horse farms. I think about Broad River and all the crowd that you've got to reach all around you. We need to pray, God, enlarge our coast. Let our tentacles grow. Let us reach out further and further. Not be happy with me and my foreign no more. But God, help us to reach somebody else. Remember in the Great Commission, go ye is still there. Go ye, go ye. There's no end to that coast. And then his dedication, he said, in that thy hand be with me. Whatever you put me to doing, 
Lord, I want your presence. I don't want just your blessings. I want the blesser. A lot of folk just want God's blessings, but they don't care a whole lot about the blesser himself. Jabez says, Lord, bless me indeed. And he said, I want your hand to be with me all the way. And if his hand's with us and he leads us, then I'll go anywhere. Amen. And then he goes on to say this. He says that it might not, that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it might not grieve me. He said, now God, I know this, that if you give me responsibility and you enlarge my coast, that evil's going to be lurking around the corner. Temptation's going to be on the right and on the left. That's why Job had to eschew evil, because he's the greatest man of all the East. And you're not exalted in any position, and you have no greater outreach, but without the powers of evil trying to knock you down. Any of you been fighting the devil this week? Any of you been facing the adversary? Crazy things going on. I mean, just absolutely no reason for it. Just nutsy things going on. And sometimes I just back up and laugh because you know where it's coming from. <laughs> How long has it been since the water went out in this church, brother? You can't even remember, can you? Oh, we got three churches here, and everybody's going to be wanting a drink of water and need to go to the bathroom after it's over. The devil will see to that. Amen. Lord, keep me from the evil. You're going to face it. You're going to face hell by the acre. And listen, don't let it flip you out and buffalo you. Some folk get offended. Well, all I'm trying to do is serve God. Yeah. Praise God. March over there to North Korea and start firing away and see what happens. Oh, we're so glad to have you. Bless you. Just come right on in here. Kim Dum Dum, he's sitting right in here. Come on in here, buddy. Blow his brains out for us, will you? Yeah. You think that's going to happen? No. They're going to open up everything they got against you. They're going to stop you and hinder you from coming in, destroying that lame brain idiot. And we have to go in there. You mark it, their teeth are on edge. They're set and they're loaded for bear. And when we go in, we better do it with the big bang to start out with and not these pea shooters that they've been shooting at this other crowd. And when you enter the devil's territory and you get off your lees and you get out of this the normal rutting routine, look out, here she comes. Had a revival one time. After it was over with God moved, man, we had all kind of folks saved, God blessed, ministered. I seen the preacher a few months later and he said, Brother, if that was a revival, I don't know if I own another one or not. I said, what do you mean? He said, after that revival, he said, you're talking about breaking loose and good night, the stuff we face. He said, I can't stand here and tell you. You know, I saw him about two years later, and he said, brother, I got to apologize. I'm sorry. I want another revival. He said, I just didn't realize what a blessing God was blessing us with. He said, I thought it was all terrible and hard, but said, I look back over it now. I say, thank God for what God did. Because in every revival, you're going to have a division and a union. You'll have people get in that'll never get out. You'll have folk get out that'll never get back in. And that's just the way it is. But thank God for folk like old Jabez that said, keep me from the evil. Why? That it might not grieve me. Not, Lord, that it might grieve you. He said, it's going to tire my nerves up. And you never met a happy, backslid Christian. You never have. They don't exist. 
If you've ever eaten the Canaan land, tasted the joy of the Lord, and you get backslid, you'll never be happy with your life. Oh, you can snort and blow and drink and act like it and all, but you know good and well your heart is sour as it can be, and you'll never be joyful. And he said, God, I don't want to live in a grieved, wadded-up life. Don't live like that. There's something a whole lot better. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And then I like this. Not only the person in the prayer, but the permission. The Bible says, and God granted him that which he requested. Here we go. Here we go. I can't read them again. I won't read them again. Mashed potatoes, green bean, hopscotch, you know, right on down the line. This one, that, and the other. Boom, 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 boom. Then all of a sudden, oh! God of Israel Lord would you bless me indeed would you enlarge my coast God may your hand be with me oh God God says okay he didn't have to wrangle it out of God's hand he didn't have to twist it out of the throne he didn't have to do something to make God God just said what about that man Here's all these dudes, they don't give a rip. This old boy, this old boy. Oh, they that seek me are going to be rewarded. You diligently seek God, and God's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He said, I'm going to give that old boy something. You know God's ready to give you something? You know God's ready to bless you? You know God's ready to pull you out of just another face in the crowd and do something for you in your life that'll mean something for time and eternity? Are you happy? Do you want to be another face in the crowd? Or do you want the blessing? Let's stand all over the house.